0: Here on This Dundonian Life, I'll be welcoming you into the city of discovery, Dundee. Dundee is a city full of incredible and fascinating stories, and here on this new podcast, I will be telling you those stories. On our first episode, I will be giving you an introduction to Dundee, and I kind of penned this to speak to an audience who are not familiar with the city. So, this is kind of like me introducing somebody to Dundee who might not know about the city. So, without further ado, Let's get right into it. Welcome to Dundee. Situated on the northeast coast of Scotland, it is Scotland's fourth largest city. Dundee is one of the greatest places to visit in Scotland, the UK, Europe and even the world. Don't take my word for it though. Several national and international magazines have named the city as one of the best places to visit. First was GQ magazine, who in 2015 named Dundee as the Britain's coolest little city. And by 2018, The Wall Street Journal got in and it started an avalanche of titles given to the city. Bloomberg, CNN Travel, Nat Geo Travel, Vogue, Condé Traveler, Time, Wallpaper, and so much more featured Dundee as one of the best places to live, work, and visit. So why is Dundee one of the greatest places to visit? Well listen in and you'll find out. <laughs> 1. The Three J's. Let's rewind to the late 19th century, and this gives you an idea how much the city has changed. It all starts with the three biggest industries which made Dundee the place to be at the time. They are referred to as the Three J's: Jute, Jam and Journalism. And these three words were the embodiment to Dundee's identity in the late Victorian era. Jute was the biggest out of the three, and there were many reasons why this was the case. Dundee benefited from manufacturing jute. And At its height, there was over thirty mills in the city, which employed an estimated fifty thousand people. That was more than half of Dundee's population, and these jute mills were dedicated to creating jute that would then travel across the world. This, in no doubt, kickstarted prosperity for the city, albeit the consequences of working conditions the workers faced at the time. The largest of the jute mills in Dundee was Camperdown Works. It housed hundreds and hundreds of jute workers, and as of today only two features of the factory are still standing. The long mill building with the clock tower, which was converted into the housing, and the Cox's Stat. And the Cox's Stat serves as a reminder of Dundee's jute days. One of the smaller jute factories in Dundee, which is still visited by many, is as a tourist attraction, is Ferdinand Works. Verdant still remains one of the city's most treasured attractions and the factory delves visitors into what life was like in the jute mills. But the jute industry in Dundee was facing competition by the 20th century and it started to struggle due to the fact that Calcutta in India, where the jute was actually transported to, managed to find easier and cheaper ways to manufacture jute. This took a serious toll on the city and the economy suffered a crushing blow. Many were left unemployed and Dundee was in a state of poverty and economic wilderness. Jam is the second J on the list, and although it wasn't as big as the jute industry, it still played a very significant role in Dundee's growth, both socially and economically. I say this because there was only an estimated 300 people working in this industry, compared to the jute industry. Dundee is the birthplace of Keeler's marmalade, and in some accounts it was stated that in the 18th century, Janet Keeler discovered marmalade. John Keeler, Janet's husband, purchased bitter oranges from Seville in Spain. Janet had mixed the bitter oranges with plenty of sugar and she boiled it. And by surprise, Keeler's marmalade was created. The marmalade became the first manufactured jam to be sold across Great Britain, and it was a tremendous success. The marmalade industry did leave Dundee, however, Mackay's and Arbroath still makes the famous marmalade. Lastly, we go to the final J, journalism. This centres around one of Dundee's biggest media companies, DC Thompson. Founded in 1905, DC Thompson was the publishers of most notable newspapers and magazines in Scotland. The Sunday Post, The Courier, The Beano, The Dandy and The Dundee Evening Telegraph, the city's local paper. Dundee's impact on the world of journalism has been a positive one and it is an industry that has managed to survive and grow into the 21st century. Although newspaper sales are declining in favour of new media, Dundee has managed to equip itself for the future in terms of journalism. One other industry which was notable to Dundee was shipbuilding. The banks of the Tay was bustling with workers planning and building ships, which would later set sail around the world. The shipbuilding industry was considerably large, and due to this, more docks had to be built in the city, such as Camperdown Dock which is still here today. The most famous ship to be built in Dundee has to be the RRS Discovery. This one-of-a-kind ship was the first in the world to be built for scientific research, and what an achievement it was. The RRS Discovery was a mode of transport for the crew of the Discovery Expedition. It set sail from Dundee to the Isle of Wight before heading off on a year's journey to Antarctica, which at the time was not really touched. The Discovery Expedition did make a lot of scientific breakthroughs, most notably discovering that Antarctica was indeed a continent. The discovery went into more expeditions which were successful and eventually, she moored in London for several decades before returning back home to Dundee in 1986. There are many other ships that were built in Dundee though, one being the SS Californian. And if you are a big RMS Titanic fan, you'll know that the SS Californian was famous for its inactivity during the sinking of the ship. It was said that the SS Californian could have saved many of, or if not, all the passengers on the Titanic. And there are other ships that were built in Dundee, such as the HMS Discovery, not to be confused with the RRS Discovery, and ships such as the Terra Nova. I would love to touch upon these in a future episode, however. We've reached the end of our first act, and this gives me the perfect time to tell you that if you love what I do with this Dundonian life, as well as Dundee culture, as well as Dundee Cast, my other podcast, why not consider donating to Dundee culture on Ko fi? You can buy me a-, a coffee, or as we Dundonians like to say, buy us a pe. You can do so by visiting Dundee Culture's Kofi page at www.kofi.com forward slash dundeeculture and there's also links for it on my social media pages for it. So any donation would be very much appreciated. Thank you very much. Act 2. Isolation Dundee at the time of the jute industry's collapse was in a sorry state, jobs lost, families reduced to living in poverty, and the city had been in defeat compared to other cities across the country. Dundee had an unemployment rate so high that it exceeded the national average, and these problems continued as the world entered another war. After the war ended, Dundee was fortunate that a miracle had arrived that would change the city's fortunes forever. And that miracle was the introduction of Timex and NCR to Dundee. NCR set up shop in the city in 1945 and Timex arrived a year later in 1946. NCR is an ATM and computing manufacturing company and Timex is a watchmaking company. Both are positive arrivals and it brought optimism and hope to the city after the war. At its height, 7,000 people in Dundee worked at the Timex, and almost every child's first watch in Dundee was a Timex watch. Dundee's economy grew positively again, and for four decades, Timex was a major employer in Dundee, and the city benefited greatly from the watchmaking company. But soon, the bubble burst. We head to January 1993, and there was proposals for layoffs. This sparked a mass protest at the factory which lasted months and resulted in 36 arrests being made and eventually the closure of Timex. This was another hammer blow for the city because Timex was one of the city's top employers and during the time between the 1990s and the 2000s, Dundee as a whole was being ridiculed, mocked and shunned down upon. The city was the worst in Europe for teenage pregnancy rates and it was named as Scotland's Ugly Duckling with the waterfront being branded as the UK's largest car park. Despite the city's isolation after the closure of the Timex factory in 1993, something new started to come along which would pave way for Dundee's industries to renew itself ahead of the 21st century. 3. Comeback. A year after Timex closes in the city, and the Dundee Technical College rebrands to Aberture University, and they become the first university in the world to have degrees tailored to computing games design. Aberdeen University's new degree in computing game design brought new students to study in the city. And a few of the students there at the time created their own video game company which was to be known as DMA Design. Which would then be later known as one of the most recognisable brands in the world, Rockstar North. And DMA Design is best known for creating Lemons and of course Grand Theft Auto. That wasn't the only thing though. In 1999, the Dundee Contemporary Arts opened up a new creative space which replaced the factory, a skate park that would later then move to Douglas, an area of the city. The DCA, as it is abbreviated to, was something Dundee had never seen before. It was creative which was quickly developed into a space which would kickstart Dundee into a new direction. Shortly after, the Dundee Science Centre opened and it was one of the first changes for the waterfront. Opened up to herald the start of the new millennium, the Science Centre became an amazing tourist attraction that allowed its visitors to learn something. And the addition of such a new place at the time brought further hope and optimism to a city that was emerging from the shadows. And it was then in 2001 that a plan was actually developed to completely overhaul the city's waterfront. The plan consisted of the demolition of Tayside House, the headquarters of Dundee City Council at the time. The building was an eyesore for visitors who came to visit the city, and it was nicknamed Fawlty Towers by fellow Dandonians. It was not a popular building. It was not. Other plans for the new waterfront included a new green space, later to be known as Slessor Gardens, named after the missionary Mary Slessor. And there was also plans for several new buildings at the waterfront, which would then be focused on retail, and then there was also plans to replace the city's railway station, which was in a sorry state as well. One other feature that was part of the waterfront plans was a reflecting pool at the south of the planned green space and it was an incredible design and connected the city to the river. This was the initial plan. The reflecting pool idea then eventually transformed into waterfront gardens. And currently under construction as of recording, waterfront gardens will consist of a new cycling hub, an urban beach and also a wonderful new sculpture of a whale. These plans, when they were announced, were inevitably ambitious for a city that was left in the dark for too long. But Dundee, being Dundee, we were up for that challenge. In 2010, a competition was launched to design a new Victorian Albert Museum to be located on the waterfront. The idea of a new design museum arose from the partnership between the University of Dundee and the V&A in London, and it was eventually agreed that a new V&A museum was to be built on the banks of the River Tay. So many designs were submitted from the likes of Stephen Hall Architects and Gareth Hoskins, but in the end, Japanese architect Kengo Kuma Design was declared the winner. The design was inspired from the cliffs of nearby Arbroath and it looked absolutely stunning. And of course you had your critics, some branding it as a white elephant, and others complaining that it would take several decades to build and it would cost the city millions and would leave Dundee in a worse state than it was beforehand. But the positive value the negative here in this aspect. During the early years of the 2010s, Dundee went to bid for the UK City of Culture that would be held in 2017. Dundee did make the shortlist, but eventually lost up the hill. But only a year later, Dundee was named as the UK's first and only UNESCO City of Design. And compared to the UK City of Culture bid, this wasn't just for a one year title, this was a permanent title that Dundee would have. It was in 2015 when the attention of the city started to get noticed from positive reasons and that was when GQ magazine named Dundee as Britain's coolest little city and it was an accolade which was built upon Dundee's new design and creative industries. But that was only the start of the positive stuff. Both the railway station and the f Dundee opened in 2018 and it was a great turning point for Dundee. The design museum was completed in a few years after its supposed completion in 2015 and slightly over budget. But overall, it made a mark on the city, and after the opening, the world's eyes started to descend onto Dundee. Once the city renowned for deep jam and journalism, that started to become known for its creative, cultural and design. And as I earlier touched upon in the prologue, several magazines and media outlets started to feature Dundee as one of the top places to visit, work and live, not just in Scotland, not just in the UK, not just in Europe, but the world. And that brings us to where we are at right now. So where is Dundee now, you ask? Well, we're still going for a development, but as of recording, there are so many exciting things about to happen in the city. It was recently announced that Dundee would be the home to Eden Project Scotland. Also, Camperdown Golf Course will reopen, with the derelict Camperdown House finally getting some TLC after being abandoned for years. More announcements are set to come. This is an exciting time for Dundee. The most exciting period in the city's history, in my opinion. Dundee still has its problems, though an ongoing war with drug deaths, poverty and also unemployment, these are still major issues that the city needs to tackle. However, it is worth bearing in mind that every city in the world suffers the same issues. We've reached the end of the first episode and I want to end it on a high. Dundee is one of the greatest cities in not just Scotland, not just the UK and I'm not going to shy away from this, but the world. What makes Dundee one of the greatest cities in the world is that it keeps its proud heritage at its heart as it went through hardship and economic problems as well as social problems but managed to get up and do something about it. Not a lot of cities do this and Dundee has managed to adapt and redefine itself for the future and what it stands for. That's what makes a city one of the greatest in the world. I'm Andrew Batchelor and this has been The Stendoian Life.